This is an ABC podcast. What are 135 Chinese boats doing at a disputed South China Sea reef, all tied up together just off the coast of the Philippines within the Philippines' exclusive economic zone? The Philippines Coast Guard says that these vessels were swarming. Uh, this is the boomerang-shaped Whitsun Reef around 320 kilometres west of Palawan. The Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson says they're simply fishing boats going about their usual business in what he claims are Chinese waters. Ray Powell is from the Gordian Knot Centre for National Security Innovation. He's the director of, of Sea Light. Ray, this collection of boats has been described as a swarm. Just how many are we talking? Just describe the images that we've seen and that you've seen as to uh, what these boats are doing in this part of the world. You know, we see over 100 uh, boats. The Philippine Coast Guard, as you mentioned, c- counted 135. And the behavior we see is what we call rafting, which is where the, the boats tie together. They essentially don't do anything. They just sit there. And although they're described as fishing boats, these boats essentially never fish. Uh, you can tell that by the pristine condition of their decks and just by the behavior. They, 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 they're essentially paid by the Chinese government, subsidized simply to exist in the Spratly Archipelago in order to uh, assert China's sovereignty over various features. I've seen reporting that they only have a skeleton crew as well, another hint to their lack of uh, fishing activity. This tactic has been used elsewhere, I understand, by the Chinese government to assert control over areas of the South China Sea. Where have we seen this rafting uh, technique used before? Sure. Um, you know, closer into the Philippines at Iroquois Reef uh, is one place, and then Sabina Shoal, which is pretty close to the now famous Second Thomas Shoal, which is where that uh, derelict Philippine ship outpost is that's got all the attention recently. So uh, any any place that China wants to be able to essentially create a floating outpost without actually having to build a structure. Has the Philippine Coast Guard approached these boats and asked them to leave uh, the Philippines' exclusive economic zone? And if so, what was the response from these uh, Chinese manned ships? Yeah, they did it over uh, radio, and they've done it at other places as well. Uh, essentially, the response has been nothing. The The ships ju- just don't respond at all. In fact, you can't even see any people aboard the ship. So whoever is there is simply hiding below decks. Of course, China says that these are only fishing boats and that they have a right to be there. Under international law, do they have any kind of uh, leg to stand on? Well, that's actually one of these really uh, strange gray areas, which is why one reason why we call this a gray zone activity. Uh, there's actually nothing technically illegal about them existing at that location, Uh, If they actually did fish, that would be illegal because within the Philippines' exclusive economic zone, only the Philippines has the right to exploit the resources unless the Philippines gives permission. And, of course, China wouldn't ask permission since China claims the waters as their own. But interestingly, because they are not fishing, that actually makes their their uh, activity not technically illegal. But it is certainly very obnoxious and it uh, is asserting a, uh, a status that doesn't exist, which is Chinese ownership.
If you've just joined me on our in drive defence maritime security expert Ray Powell is here. We're talking about these 135 Chinese uh, fishing boats, or they seemingly look like fishing boats, uh, swarming or rafting up together in the disputed South China Sea Reef just off the coast of the Philippines. Tell me more about the Whitsun Reef because we've seen some rapid development of uh, what are essentially coral reefs and atolls in this area by China. Uh, they seem to uh, extend the the land limits quite quickly, uh, putting on uh, buildings and structures, ports, sometimes air, airport facilities as well. What's their interest in the Whitsun Reef? Well, Whitsun Reef is at the eastern end of what we call the Union Banks. And Union Banks have uh, uh, several different uh, outposts already built up a couple from Vietnam and a couple from China. Interestingly, none from the Philippines. Um, and so there at the eastern end, it's it's actually a very attractive area, but uh, at this point, no one has decided to try to uh, claim the reef itself and then try to build something. And it may be that this is an inopportune time for China to try to break ground, if you will, on new artificial features, you know, such, such as the ones that they've built out of reefs and other places. So essentially by taking control of this eastern end, they are able to, through this the, this use of rafting, they're able to, to control the, you know, these, this approaches to the, to the banks uh, without actually having to build something. So is it essentially intimidation? Is it purely psychological? Because when I'm looking at the images of some of these uh, rafts, they look like between 20 and 30 boats all tied up neatly in a line. It seems like it's almost a physical barrier as much as a, a psychological one for, for any uh, foreign government or Navy to, to approach them. Yeah, I think that, I mean, what makes them difficult is that the uh, the Philippine Coast Guard is far too small to be able to go out and disperse all of these vessels. And of course it would take, you know, somebody would actually have to go aboard these uh, these vessels and sort of cut them apart and and sort of push them out. And that's that, that would just be a, a very, very large task for a small Coast Guard. Um, mostly what China is trying to do is by over, over time, over the years, just get everyone accustomed to the idea that China is just here and you can't get rid of them. And so the idea being, that they will slowly expand their scope, expand their reach to the very edges of their nine-dash line claim, almost all the way up to the coastlines of their neighbours. There are some interesting geopolitics uh, going on at the moment in, in this uh, region. Of course, there was this op-ed in the Chinese state media uh, publication, the Global Times this week. It took aim at the US for stirring up tensions and said that the Philippines is becoming, quote, a tool and a victim of the great power game. Is the US taking advantage of the Philippines' own territorial claims in this respect? Yeah, that's that's really a favorite line of the Chinese government, which is essentially to remove any agency from the Philippines, essentially, and to cast everything in terms of a great the great power competition. But actually, you know, what we are talking about is the Philippines' exclusive economic zone. It is Philippine waters. And so the Philippines, knowing that they have a, a power imbalance between themselves and their uh, Chinese neighbors, is has recognized that their one of their main advantages is their U.S. alliance. So they are leaning into that. So I would say this is actually as much about the Philippines uh, moving back toward the United States, recognizing that 
without the leverage available through their alliance, they are really kind of helpless against the the, the might of, of China. Given the vastness of the Earth's oceans and seas, and perhaps the uh, even ownership of uh, the visibility of what's going on out there, uh, mainly uh, kind of reduced to the, the world's navies. Tell me more about your organization, Sea Light, and the way that you're trying to eff- effectively uh, uncover some of these activities in the oceans and seas for independent analysis, not reliant on any sovereign government. Yeah, that was really how we got our start, which was recognizing that uh, traditionally governments have a really hard time releasing information. It's it's just, you know, some of it is just simple bureaucracy and, and secrecy impulses, and sometimes it's politics, and there's lots of reasons that governments hold on to information. And yet the strength of the Chinese approach to the South China Sea is these gray zone activities, which they hope to keep kind of opaque and deniable. And so we thought if we could figure out how to develop the information in the open and commercial space, then maybe we can put it directly out into the public and sort of bypass those 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 government obstacles. What really surprised us is that shortly after we started doing this, the Philippines, you know, kind of defying our, our expectations of governments, just jumped in with both feet and began to release their own pictures and video, which of course is much more powerful than than what we can find in our in our technical solutions, and has really changed the game um, and uh, stolen a march, I think, on China by kind of this assertive transparency campaign whereby they are building their national resilience. They are gaining international support, and they're imposing some real reputational costs on China for its activities. So, you know, we, we we went into this trying to bypass governments, but the Philippine government has really surprised us. If you uh, want to read more analysis on what the Sea Light organization is doing, you can go to their website. Ray Powell is the director, uh, and it's part of the Gordian Knot Center for National Security Innovation. I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.